This is Tax Chats. Hello, I'm Scott Dyring. And I am Jeff Hoops. And we're here to chat about taxes. Hello again, and welcome to another edition of Tax Chats. I'm Scott Dyring, professor of accounting at Duke University, and I am joined, as always, by my friend and colleague, tax museum curator, chairman of the board of the tax museum, and accounting professor extraordinaire at the University of North Carolina, Jeff Hoops. Hello, Jeff. So here we are. We're going to tax chat. Are you ready for this? People have dreamed up wanting to tax a lot of different things. We could talk about all the different things people want to tax. But one thing that has come especially to light in the last few years is the idea of taxing robots. And so we're going to talk about taxing robots. We have with us an expert on taxing robots, uh, Rita de la Feria. And Rita, welcome to the show. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit and then we'll chat about taxing robots? Yeah, thanks. Thanks to both of you uh, for inviting me. My name is Rita de la Feria. I'm professor of tax law at the University of Leeds in the UK. I'm also a research fellow at the Oxford Center for Business Taxation. Uh, and uh, I, beyond academia, uh, I worked in practice before doing a PhD uh, in tax law. Uh, and I had do a lot of policy work uh, and I have work in policy uh, throughout the world and uh, five continents. Um, and um, yeah, so that's me. The last project I have been working on is the InBots project, which looks at interactive robotics and its impact in society. And this paper that you're just mentioning is part of that project, the InBots project. Yeah, so let's just start off. I and mean, when we say taxing robots, what does that actually mean? What, what are people talking about when they say they want to tax robots? Is there some like actual clear policy proposal or what, what is, what's the deal with taxing robots? Yeah, that's, that's actually a great question because no one really knows what it means. Uh, there is uh, this vague, uh, vague uh, definition of taxing robots and loads of different proposals fall into that kind of a big umbrella um, uh, solution. Um, it, it might mean on the kind of medium to long-term taxing, actually the robots as if they had legal personality. So as if they were individuals at this moment in time with robots without um, legal personality, what we're looking at is actually a tax on capital. So a tax on the use of robots. So I think, that, I, I think that's really important personality, right? Because one could think of a robot at some level as just any machine, right? And so what you're saying is you said it as a tax on capital and taxing machines at some level might be counterproductive from an economic point of view, or am I thinking about it incorrectly? No, you're not. So what is interesting to me uh, on uh, on this project is when I went into this uh, inbox project, I had no priors. Right. So there is many areas as we attack experts have all these formed opinions throughout the years. But this is an area I had no priors. I went in thinking maybe we should tax robots. Maybe we shouldn't. And then pretty quickly, I realized that the economic distortions uh, and the legal difficulties of actually designing such a tax would be such that it really didn't make much sense. And then the key question to me became for, for, um, for the paper that, uh, that I was talking about, um, became 
not so much why we shouldn't tax robots, but why are we even talking about that topic? So, so the, the, the paper is really more a behavioral analysis, really, and how um, our tax policy options are often more informed by cognitive biases and institutional biases than they are about kind of efficiency, equity, which is kind of the key taxation principles. So, so yeah. So will you just talk to us a little bit, maybe, about lay out some of those biases? Like, what is it that makes people fear the robot and want to tax it? And then finally, how do the robots feel about this? <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody uh, ever asked them? And when they get the vote, will they vote for it or against it? Yeah. Um, that's, I don't know if you have seen, uh, but uh, Alison Christians, you know, Alison Christians, professor of tax law at McGill. Um, she has a little uh, kind of design pad in which there is like two buttons and the human is touching tax robots and a non-human hand, anthropomorphized human, non-human hand is clicking on not tax robots. So this is her preemption. Wait, hold on. Where... Are, you, are you just like the robot shill? The robots have paid you off to be against taxing robots? Yeah, so uh, so I think I think that's the implication. Um, uh, so um, so yeah, so so the 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 the, the um, already the kind of uh, you know you're signing with the robots narrative is is uh, coming along. Uh, well, so yeah, so I think that the the, um, the rationale and what makes us want to tax robots is really the most interesting thing of all. Uh, I mean, there has been other papers that talked about uh, either in support or against the taxation of robots, but as far as I know we were the first ones to kind of look at this kind of cognitive biases. The first thing is uh, basic um, uh, 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 othering, right? So, so robo robots are others that are not like us. Uh, and when it comes to sharing kind of the tax burden, um, we often look for someone else to pay rather than us. You know, there's this famous senator uh, uh, quote, don't tax me, don't tax you, tax the guy behind the tree or something like that. And, and so we often uh, look for someone else to pay the taxes. We want the revenue to pick up, but we don't know exactly uh, who should pay. And the robots seem like a great uh, 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 other to, to, um, to pay. The other thing is that... Uh, um, there is a lot of evidence at this stage that um, uh, depictions on media, uh, on um, films, etc., actually spark um, ethno ethnocentric um, 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 feelings. So the fact that uh, we see films about depiction uh, of racial stereotypes, for example, um, makes us more strongly uh, 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 feelings about racial stereotypes. And in terms of the robots, we have been, you know, a constant feed of, uh, you know, they are evil, they are coming to get us, they are coming, going to substitute us. And of course, we know it's science fiction, right? So we know the matrix is not happening. Or, although, as my daughter says, there is no spoon. So this is her mantra at home. <laughs> Whenever I'll tell her that there is some deadline or she has to do something, she turns to me and says, there is no spoon. Um, so, uh, <laughs> and she's only 10. Um, so, um, so, so we know this, these depictions of the, this kind of dystopian future are just science fiction, right? But we have been fed this constant, you know, Terminator approach. We're going to be all substituted, and one day we'll just be food inside this massive matrix uh, to feed the robots, right? 
And because there is usually when there is ethnocentric views, there are social norms to counteract those, so, those ethnocentric views, right? So what you have is a backlash, societal backlash when you express ethnocentric views. So it is not acceptable, uh, well, I'm saying this, in general, it's not acceptable to express racist views or anti-Semitic views, but there is no counterbalance of ethnocentric against ethnocentric feelings on robots. So, I mean, there's no social norms against saying that the robots are bad. So we feel quite comfortable saying, you know, uh, you know that the robots are the other. I mean, is there any moral basis why there should be that i mean maybe the morals the robots are the other and we should fear them and we do need to have a healthy respect for like technology getting out of hand and they could replace us i don't i don't i don't feel this compelled morally to like endow the same moral value to a robot as i do to another human being sure but that's precisely why we want to tax them so <laughs> i'm not saying that the feeling is wrong right oh, what yeah, i'm yeah, saying is what exists yeah, yeah. So that it that it's that basically is kind of um, um, what is sparking this wish to tax robots is a conjugation of factors. It starts by this kind of wanting someone else to pay, so the othering, and then the ethnocentric views helped also by the anthropomorphization of robots. So robots appear like humans. So no one is going to want to tax a washing machine, but if they look like a person, you might want to 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 tax them. So. So there is a, a clear sense of the, that the anthropomorphization is is um, helps the this ethnocentric feelings, right? So then, um, finally, basically, uh, uh, once uh, uh, these kind of feelings are sparked, we act as we use tax as a protectionist tool, and there is like a long history of using uh, tax as a protectionist tool against specific groups. I mean, I'm sure that the two of you have read, like I have, uh, and smiled on many occasions reading the book by Mick Keen and Joel Slemrod with all these stories about using tax as a protectionist tool, right? Um, and so there is a long history of this. So there is, that's not a novelty. So the, 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 um, uh, the novelty is that we now are doing that against the automi automation, against anthropomorphization of robots, against this idea that the robots might take over. So in essence, we are thinking, okay, so they will pay and we don't have to pay, right? And at the same time, we might prevent the rise of Skynet, right? Okay, um, so hang on so just a minute. Hang on, I got, I got a question. <laughs> I, need, I need to clarify okay, go, something go. here. In order to tax a robot, but mm -hmm. not the robot's owner, the robot itself would need to have some kind of like income or wealth or something like that. Mm -hmm. So are we talking about robots that have advanced so far that they actually have their own revenue, maybe their own bank account? They're like, they're kind of like uh, something you would see in Star Wars, like, um, you know, is it R2? No, is it 3CPO? Which one's the one that's the human? <laughs> I, got, I got my Star Wars all mixed up. But the, you know, the golden guy that's like cruising around could make money and have a bank account. Is that the kind of robots we're talking about? But we're not really talking about like the little robot vacuum that cruises around in your house and just makes your life easier, but can't possibly have an income. Because don't you have to have an income to be able to tax it or wealth or something? 
So I think that that I, there's kind of different layers to what you just said. Uh, so first, uh, uh, the first point is is I actually think that when people talk about taxing robots, they are thinking about C P O C three P O, right? They are not thinking about the vacuum cleaner. Uh, uh, so they are in their mind, they are imagining the stuff that we grew up with uh, and that is depicted on on popular uh, um, uh, art, um, but. The point that you made uh, is valid, even if it's anthropomized. So even if it looks like a human, the point that you made is, is relevant. It goes back to my initial point is until we they have legal personality, which means that they can earn income, that they are independent, etc., that they can have property, all of those things that uh, come with, you know, the law uh, giving you kind of a, a, the status of being a person. Um, until then, what we're really taxing is um, the use of robots is the fact that you are using robots instead of using humans, uh, which in general also appeals to people because of the, this fear of the unemployment, etc. And, and I think, and this actually comes to Jeff's point, should we be afraid? I think the problem is real, right? Uh, so when you look at evidence on automation, uh, there is clear evidence that there's going to have um, uh, effects on the medium term, uh, short to medium term. Where, where are the biggest examples of that? Is that like automated drivers, maybe taxi drivers? No, uh, it's it's uh, it's across various sectors. Uh, it's usually concentrated on lower skilled workers, so that's true. But it is on various sectors of the economy. So what what the evidence is telling you is that. Even though in the long term, the majority of studies indicate positive uh, effects, uh, increase in welfare, productivity, etc. On the short term to medium term, there is going to be a, a labor displacement effect. And that labor displacement effect is going to be felt asymmetrically. So there will be sectors that will be a lot more um, uh, suffering a lot more and skills that will suffer a lot more uh, and regions of the world that will suffer a lot more. So the, the more um, you're susceptible to being substituted by a robot, in essence, uh, the, the more likely it is that, this, that there will be this labor displacement effect. And it's not going to be only felt about people who are going to go unemployed, it's also probably going to be felt in terms of the wages that are being paid. So everyone is going to feel it on one way or another. So the problem is real. So the issue for me is really why tax the robots as a solution uh, to that problem. So why, why is it Why is it that, I mean, I have a, exactly that question. The people who want to tax the robots, and they're smart people who want to do this, why do they say they want to do it? What are their arguments in favor of it? The arguments in favor is the problem, right? So this is a classic issue that I have discussed also as, as regards other papers, which is the difference between the aim and the instrument, right? So the aim is 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 pretty clear. So what we what do we want to do? We want to um, substitute the revenue. Uh, so it's uh, it, it's in essence a proxy tax for personal income taxes, right? So proxy tax, and we want to regulate behavior. We want to slow down automation, right? So um, so the, 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 sorry, when you the, say slow down automation, we're sort of discouraging investment would be another way to talk about that. But again, sure. the proponents of this would see that as a, as a good thing because we're investing in ways that displace, displace real humans. And, it, and again, then it would just become, well, become a question of how, whether you value efficiency or equity. And it, it's a, it's a trade-off. Yeah, I, I think it's it's actually uh, it's it's they won't say that it's about uh, um, the substitution itself. It's more about the pace. 
So the argument is that this is too fast. So that there has been uh, throughout history always technological uh, advances that create some instability on the labor market. The argument goes that this is slightly different and more serious because um, uh, this is such quick pace, right? And it won't allow the reskilling to take place um, in time for people to, you know, feel comfortable and that it will lead to societal disruptions, etc. when unemployment starts kicking in uh, and all of those things. So I don't, I don't think um, it's ultimately about not happening, right? It is about, you know, making it happen slower. But of course, as uh, you know, going back to the economic distortions, uh, even if you did, you decided that this was a good policy, and of course we can debate whether it is or not, at a national level, at, a, at an international level, as soon as you do that, the competition is going to, to start from other countries, right? So unless there is global coordination on this, it's not going to slow down. It's just going to slow down in your country. It's not going to slow down in general. For that would depend on what they're, whether that's a bad thing is depends on what the robots are doing. Like if it's a robot that's your personal servant, then it doesn't really matter if some countries tax it and others don't because they have to be with you physically or if it's a robot that's like manufacturing cars, then I guess it would matter because then all auto manufacturing is just going to go in the robots where the robots are untaxed. But you have to, uh, uh, the, the per, even the personal robot has to come from somewhere who is producing the robots as well. <laughs> um, uh, so it's not, I mean, it, it's not, uh, you can't completely separate the home robot from the general production of the robots and whether you're trying to slow down that that market or not right i mean to personally i robots cannot come soon enough right uh, uh so as long, as, long I, as there's I, no accounting professor robots i'm in favor uh, no actually i'm thinking more about for, uh, so we mentioned this also in the in the, in the paper there are demographic challenges ahead and our populations are aging um, and it, robots are already starting to be used for caring duties, for example, in, J in Japan. So for me, from my perspective, I don't expect my kids to be taking care of me. So robots cannot come soon enough <laughs> um, for, um, for my old age. But, uh, but yes, uh, there is a problem. Um, uh, the issue is whether tax is the right instrument uh, for, for, for tackling it. And I, I think that for the for the reasons we already discussed and the reasons that we can discuss more if you want about disaggregation bias and the kind of sense of always seeing one tax at a time, seeing the the tax system is segmented. Um, I think that for those for a bunch of reasons, um, we are seeing we are confusing instrument with aim, um, and and we would be better served looking at the two things as if they were separate because because they are. Right? Okay, so I can. First of all, I want to come back to the instrument versus aim, but but before we go there, I, I can just hear my father listening to this episode, and he's going to say something like, this sounds like the Luddites are concerned about robots, and, and I'm you, you're in England, you've probably heard about the Luddites, right? They were this group of people that were opposed to basically every type of automation because they were fear, fearful of the labor market. And I just want to make sure I understood what you're saying. This is not really a we're opposed to automation. It's about the speed of the adoption, because if everybody's job was replaced tomorrow 
and you had to either work in the industry of building robots or not at all because the robots did everything else, we wouldn't be able to do that because the people who who are currently taxi drivers can't be trained quickly enough to build robots. It takes time and maybe generations. And so if you can slow down the pace of robot adoption, maybe it's okay. And one way to slow it down is by taxing it. Am I, did I understand what you said correctly? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, so that's not that's not my personal view, but that's what the defenders of uh, the taxation of robots advocate, uh, that this will have a regulatory effect that will slow down. And it is true that automation will hit you on two sides, right? So it will hit you immediately on revenues because the majority of you OECD countries um, depend on personal income taxes, right? So, so outside the OECD, the, the biggest collector is VAT, uh, but within OECD countries, it tends to be personal income taxes. So it's going to hit you on lower revenues if, if there is um, a kind of massive shift and very quick shift to automation. But it's also going to hit on the expenditure side because you're going to reskill people, right? So, so you can't have a bunch of people not um, prepared for kind of the new economy and the pace um, uh, of on which is being adopted. So it's going to hit you on, you are going to need more unemployment benefits, more reskilling grants, et cetera, at the same time that personal income taxes are coming down, right? Um, and so you're going to be faced with this kind of kind of a problem and it's kind of a very short period of time to adapt and then comes the idea so what can we do to do it we're going to collect the revenue that we are not collecting on on personal income taxes from the robots so proxy tax at the same time you we're going to discourage people from adopting robots in the first place a regulatory tax right so it becomes a proxy regulatory tax uh, the taxation of robots and we have the revenue, we will have more time to adapt, and we can reskill people, pay unemployment benefits in the meantime. And, you know, basically with that, um, um, deal with any social unrest that may come from with, the, with the robot Or the robot police can deal with the social unrest. There you go. All right. So, and then you were talking a minute before I asked that last question about the aim and the... The instrument. The instrument. Talk to us about that. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I, th I have done. This is something that I have done on other papers as well. Uh, I think that in the public discourse, when you talk about taxes, we often confuse uh, the end aim, what we want to achieve with what is the best way of achieving that aim. Right. And when we think about that, we often think in the frame. So the framing is key. Right. So. So, for example, I'll give you an example. Um, so on another paper, uh, I, I, I talk about the problem with regressivity of general consumption taxes, right? So this is something that everyone recognizes. There is an element of regressivity. There is concerns. So the way we have dealt with it is there is a problem of regressivity on general income tax, uh, general consumption taxes. What do we do? We try to diminish the regressivity of the general consumption tax inside the general consumption tax, right? And we confuse often when we are in public discourse about the aim of diminishing the regressivity with the instrument, which is including exemptions or reduced rates or whatever, right? The two are not the same thing, right? So we can try to decrease the regressivity of the general consumption tax by doing other things that have nothing to do with the VAT system itself. We can increase, uh, increase welfare payments. We can tweak with the personal income tax. So there is other things that can be done, but because the framing uh, is 
we have a problem in this tax, our disaggregation uh, uh, bias immediate, immediately kicks in and we think about that tax. We don't think about the public finance uh, basket. We don't think about the general tax system. We think about that one tax that you're being asked about. And the same thing happens here with the robots. So we have, the problem is identified as personal income tax uh, revenues are going to increase. So what are we gonna do about it, right? Oh, we have to find a solution inside the personal income tax. So what do we do? We, we find a tax that completely substitutes for the personal income tax that we can't collect. Instead of thinking, okay, so where can we get this revenue in the tax system that is better um, and more suitable to substitute this decrease in the personal income taxes? Can we have other taxes in other areas, or can we increase general consumption taxes? Can we increase regulatory consumption taxes, for example? Should we um, start a carbon tax? Th those discussions are not held because they are regarded as different things. And that's because we confuse on discussions often the instrument with the aim, right? Um, and, and this is a recurrent topic. So, so it, <laughs> I often get into fights on social media because people, uh, when I say something like, you know, exemptions in VAT are, are a disaster. People say, oh, you want to tax the poor. It's not the same thing. <laughs> I don't want to tax the poor. I just want to help the poor in other ways. So, I mean, do we know that there would actually be a revenue problem? I mean, if we, if we, all these robots come, so we won't have the individual income tax on these individuals, but if these corporations are using this means of production that's more efficient, it seems like they might be more profitable and we have the corporate income tax. So if we had... And the the great difference, notwithstanding, is it just like employment taxes that we're worried about, or it, it isn't obvious to me that we'll actually get less revenue aside from the employment tax piece. As you know, collecting on corporate income taxes uh, has turned out to be quite hard. The mobility of capital has uh, made it very hard to tax corporations. Um, and the, the mobility in of intellectual capital. I mean, we're talking about physical capital. These robots—they're not moving around like a patent. Yeah. Yeah, I, I and, don't and the so. ability to tax well, the but product. But hold on just physical, a minute, Jeff. I, I I'm going to disagree with Jeff on this one because what? if you think if you're about just going to give him wings, watch this. He's going to give the robots wings. If you think about the robot, the robot would be some sort of physical capital underlying that. It'll robot have software would be a in it. Whole yes. lot of intellectual capital um, that could yeah. be located anywhere, just like your iPhone. You take your iPhone everywhere. But where Apple generates the value is in all the intellectual property, which, of course, we all know is in Ireland or wherever else, and the income gets shipped to Ireland and escapes taxation to some large degree. Why wouldn't the same thing be true with any robot? Uh, that is true, I suppose. All right, so I just I just got Jeff to say something I that I said more, is true, like the first time ever. I think it's more, yeah. Okay, There's, all there's right. an intellectual intellectual property component to a robot. I'll agree with that. The robot's brain, if you will. But, but it is interesting to think about, right? So in other words, the the question that you're asking, Jeff, and, and a reader that you're responding to is, what, what really would happen to revenue? And if revenue is going to go down, we're going to have to figure out different ways to generate revenue. And that's, I think, what you're talking about. Yeah, so I, I think that um, what, what Jeff said, um, is actually in line with my thinking, not necessarily on corporate. I don't think it's gonna be easy to tax on corporate, um, but on the thinking of, you don't need to think about just personal income tax, right? You can think about whether the revenue is gonna come from other places. Now, I on, on corporate, I, my, I'm not saying that 
you're wrong. I'm just saying that there is a big risk <laughs> that the revenue might not come, right? Um, because this is the experience we have had over the last 30 or 40 years, right? Um, at the moment, at the moment, and this can change, and I have another project on, on this area, I think the mobility of capital, um, uh, sorry, the mobility of people is increasing massively. But at this moment in time, we can still rely on personal income taxes as a relatively immobile um, a factor of production. Um, and that means that they are more or less more reliable than corporate income taxes. Well, I want, I want to just like give a little background for people who are listening who may not be totally familiar with that argument. The, essentially, the argument is the least mobile uh, form of revenue or form of income is the income that ends up getting taxed, right? So if I'm if I have intellectual property that can be moved wherever, it's hard to tax that. If I'm a person and I can't move for some reason, it's easy to tax that person. And what you're saying is right now people are kind of not that mobile, but they're becoming more mobile. And if they become very mobile, it might be very hard to tax individuals. I think that's just, just to help clarify for people who may not be familiar with the arguments that you're making. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, uh, I what you're having is massive challenges to the personal income tax system coming, you know, within the next few years, which is the attack on two sides, the attack on automation and how many is going to be substituted together with the attack on increase of mobility. Um, now, this paper on taxing robots is really just about the first part, the automation, but the mobility is a very significant challenge. Uh, and uh, the pandemic has accelerated. I mean, if you talk to anyone in the kind of the um, business sectors, they will tell you that uh, technology has accelerated much, uh, much quicker during the pandemic than it would have been beforehand, which allows the mobility to just uh, increase massively. Um, so, so the personal income tax system is going to be attacked from these two sides. And whilst we are spending loads of times at the OECD level uh, discussing corporate income tax uh, and pillars that may or may not yield any revenue whatsoever, um, we are kind of not discussing personal income taxes. And it's just, it, from an OECD perspective, from a rich country's perspective, which are so reliant on personal income taxes, that threat is actually much bigger um, than any corporate income uh, tax threat, uh, uh, I, I think. And the situations uh, of um, a massive decrease or a massive shift in personal income taxes is going are going to be much bigger uh, than corporate income taxes. But yeah, so so the, the in terms of the of uh, of uh, what is happening and what the robot tax would do. So these are the challenges that we're talking about. And the issue is for me, robot taxes is not really um, a way to do it. But then we have to think about how we're going to address these challenges. Where is the revenue going to come from? Right. Yeah. Um, so, and, and obviously as we start thinking about where that revenue is going to come from, that's a whole, an entirely, a very massive topic that could cover kind of hours and hours and hours and hours of discussion. So yeah, it'd be a fun topic to address, uh, on a different day. Um, we're quickly running up on our, a lot of time. Uh, Jeff, any final questions for Rita? I'm just scared about the robots so i'm gonna have to figure out how to resolve that issue jeff is uh he's gonna start stockpiling his own set of robots to fight against my defensive, the defensive my defensive robots of the enemy robots yes you can stock up on blue pills that's right yes <laughs> um 
<laughs> well, Rita, thank you so much for joining us. This has been really fascinating and we appreciate your insights. Well, thank you so much for having me. Our guest today has been Rita de la Feria. It's been great to have you, Rita, and we'll catch you again next time on Tax Chats. Goodbye. Goodbye.